Support for this podcast comes from Bryn Mawr Communications. BMC produces a number of informative podcast series spanning a variety of topics in optometry. Discover a new show at itube.net slash podcasts. Welcome to June and welcome to another episode of the Mod Pod. Thanks for joining us. Both this episode and the next will feature articles from the May-June issue of Modern Optometry. But don't worry, that doesn't mean things are going to get boring. We have plenty of variety in store for you, and each article we have chosen is chock-full of helpful information as well as valuable insights. For example, in this particular episode, all three articles are from our cover focus on contact lenses, but they're not your standard contact lens topics. Intrigued? Well, let's get started, shall we? First up in the queue is Jennifer Wademan, optometrist and owner of Bidwell Optometry in Folsom, California. She's about to share her view that less is more for contact lenses in your practice. Chances are your contact lens stockroom looks a little like the artificial tear aisle at the drugstore. Endless shelves of monthly and daily modalities, spherical, toric, and multifocal options. Whatever your delight, whether silicone hydrogel, surface modified, or water gradient, you have it all squeezed into a closet, a room or that one corner in the office. So how do you pick the best one for your patient? There are many lens types and brands that are stellar each with an enormous amount of technology packed into such a little device. Better comfort, better wettability, new materials, with a special sauce of comfort, cushioning, and clarity mixed right into the lens and baked to perfection. Okay, so perhaps a baking analogy is a bit weird, but you get the point. So many options, and they are all phenomenal. Oh, and the pressure to fit this one or that brand... Is it the cost? Is it the lens material, the modality, or the parameters, the comfort, the optics? So many options. Is it the patient's knowledge of what they have seen online or heard from a friend, or even what their previous optometrist fit them in? So I'm not going to tell you which single brand or brands to fit, but I want to encourage you to pick a lane and stay in it. That is, stick to a smaller number of brands to fit and sell in your office. In this situation, less is more. Let me explain why. For starters, it's easier for your staff members to remember the details, parameters, offers, rebates, and overall costs for one brand rather than four or five in order to educate patients and recommend options. Yes, ultimately, it is the doctor who makes the chairside recommendation but it's your staff members who are breaking down insurance details, answering a host of questions, and following up with supply information. And dare I say, patients don't always abide by the holy grail contact lens speech you gave them in the exam room. Sometimes they want real talk, and your staff member is there to break it down for them. Staff members who are knowledgeable are immensely valuable to your patients and to your practice. This is one thing that online retail options cannot offer a real human being who knows the ins and outs of contact lenses, 
and more important, has the patient's best interest and your practice too in mind. With your staff well informed about a specific contact lens brand, you can recommend the best option for the patient based on your knowledge of prescription and eye health and leave the rest to your staff. Secondly, contact lens manufacturers offer incentives for you to do more business with them. If you are giving 10% of your business to brand A, 20% to brand B, 30% to brand C, and so on, you are limiting growth rebates and other incentives designed to help private practices stay competitive. You can't maximize your growth rebates and discounts when you spread yourself too thin. It can be hard to compete with online mega retail prices, but it evens the game when you can maximize your margins, reduce cost, and strategically get more out of your relationships with contact lens manufacturers. Recently, some contact lens manufacturers have begun to offer online platforms that can provide resources to monitor practice management growth, specifically statistics on brands and lens modalities, annual supplies, revenue, and more. These numbers can help you to identify areas for improvement and growth and can provide extra insight in addition to your own practice management software. With a limited offering, your well-informed staff knows the brand better. But even more important, so do you. You can speak more confidently about every nuance of the lens. No longer do you have to remember all that information on the cool brochure card that the rep brought in with the diagram and the study and the data that confirm how extraordinary the lens is. Sometimes it's hard to remember all those details while you're running all other aspects of the practice in patient care. With limited options, fitting becomes easier. And no longer are you guessing whether or not this particular brand comes in a 275 cylinder. This is especially helpful when it comes to multifocal lens patients and the chair time associated with fitting multifocal lenses. When you limit your offerings, you start seeing trends, patterns, and possible problems sooner. You know what to expect from the lens and you can anticipate the needs of your patients you can make adjustments faster and more effectively. Plus, there are fewer lenses you or your staff have to painfully add into your electronic medical record system. And side note, your staff is going to thank you for that one. All in all, you become a better problem solver. And just as you have mastered the art of prescribing spectacle lenses, you can now add contact lens mastery as another notch on your belt. Given all of the above, be sure to pick your brand or brands wisely. If you lock your practice into a brand only because it's the flavor of the week, the decision can come back to bite you. It can be hard to change lanes once your staff members are educated and trained. Habits are hard to break for staff, for patients, and let's face it, for doctors too. Switching from focus on one brand to focus on another could mean rearranging your entire contact lens practice trajectory. When you are deciding on the best contact lens manufacturers to bring into your practice, it's important to keep it 
Simple. Consider what would help your patients the most and what would help your practice grow. Key factors to think about include patient demographics, contact lens cost, patient satisfaction, incentives, rebates, technology, ease of fit, chair time, and cost for patients. Use your practice management system to track or manually set up contact lens statistics that your staff can track for you. This is a great way to get the real numbers on which brands you are successfully fitting, and this can help determine if you are in, let's just say, a bit of a traffic jam, occupying too many lanes. (laughs) Hopefully this review of your numbers can help you narrow down to a limited number of brands that offer the best fit for your patients, your practice, and your staff. Do you share Dr. Wademan's philosophy? Or, having heard her reasoning, are you now thinking about limiting the contact lens options you offer in your practice? When you talk about contact lenses, you almost can't not talk about dry eye. Well, Leslie O'Dell, Clinical Director at Medical Optometry America in Shrewsbury, Pennsylvania, and Co-Chief Medical Editor of Modern Optometry, takes a look at how contact lenses and ocular homeostasis affect each other. Up next. The earlier that dry eye disease is diagnosed, the better patient's quality of vision and quality of life will be over time. Being proactive in your diagnosis of DED can improve your patient's ocular comfort and thus contact lens wearing time for those who use this form of vision correction. It's therefore important to understand how a prosthetic device such as a contact lens constantly disrupts the balance of the tear film. The definition of DED has evolved over the years. It was first defined as a multifactorial disease in 2007 by the Tear Film and Ocular Surface Society's Dry Eye Workshop. After 10 years of extensive research, this group published the TFAS Dues 2 report, which updated the definition as follows. Dry eye is a multifactorial disease of the ocular surface characterized by a loss of homeostasis of the tear film and accompanied by ocular symptoms in which tear film instability and hyperosmolarity, ocular surface inflammation and damage, and neurosensory abnormalities play etiological roles. The concept of lost balance is something likely to resonate with any clinician who who has observed rapid tear breakup times in dry eye patients. The term homeostasis describes a state of dynamic equilibrium in the body with respect to its various functions and the chemical composition of its fluids and tissues. Homeostasis is found in all systems in the body, not only in the tear film and ocular surface. It is how bodies regulate core temperature and blood glucose levels and how blood remains oxygenated. The body's systems work together to maintain balance. A shift or disruption in homeostasis may prevent normal functioning. In patients with DED, the body is no longer able to regulate homeostasis and the tear film becomes unbalanced. Hyperosmolarity is a key indicator of this loss of balance. If dysregulation of tear film continues, inflammation develops. 
as demonstrated by corneal and conjunctival changes, vital dye staining, meibomian gland dysfunction, and elevated levels of cytokines such as matrix metalloproteinase 9, MMP9. The tear film is dynamic, constantly changing its composition to protect the ocular surface. The eye remains open during waking hours, and the body acts to maintain its moisture. Contact lens wear disrupts this environment. According to Gillian et al., contact lens wear destabilizes the tear film as evidenced by decreased tear breakup time soon after lens insertion. Placing a contact lens on the eye's surface disrupts homeostasis by splitting the tear film into a pre-lens tear film, i.e. the tear layer on top of the contact lens front surface, and the post-lens tear film, i.e. the tear layer between the ocular surface and the back surface of the contact lens. A contact lens is about 100 micrometers thick, whereas the tear film is between 5 to 7 micrometers thick on average. Disrupting the tear film with the contact lens can produce biochemical changes that may further decrease T-butt. These changes in homeostasis may result in hyperosmolarity and ultimately dry eye disease. In one study, 50% of all lens wearers reported ocular dryness and discomfort at the end of the day. What's more, 25 to 30% of all contact lens wearers ceased contact lens wear at some point, sometimes temporarily, but sometimes permanently. TFOS dues convened a group of thought leaders in areas of contact lenses and dry eye disease to study the sources of contact lens-related discomfort. This was published in the Contact Lens Discomfort Workshop. Patients who develop signs and symptoms of dry eye only after beginning contact lens wear are likely experiencing contact lens-induced dry eye. Risk factors include female sex, young age, poor tear quality and quantity, allergies, medications, dehydration, smoking, and alcohol consumption. Once identified, contact lens-related discomfort, Clyde, and DED can be treated to improve patients' ocular comfort and tear quality and to minimize the risk of contact lens dropout. Healthy tears make for healthy patients and happy patients. Following are four ways you can help patients restore homeostasis. Number one, artificial lubricants. The installation of preservative-free lubricating drops before contact lens insertion and during lens wear can improve ocular comfort both initially and throughout the day. Be sure to instruct patients to avoid drops containing benzoconium chloride. Number two, lens materials. Changing the patient's contact lens replacement schedule is a common strategy for combating ocular discomfort. New technology is changing the status quo. The Bosch & Lomb Infuse Daily Disposable Lens features ProBalance technology that infuses the lens with moisturizers essential to maintaining ocular surface homeostasis. Number three, MGD therapy. In a majority of patients, DED is related to evaporative disease and MGD. It is therefore critical to evaluate the health of the meibomian glands in all contact lens wearing patients at each evaluation. Improving gland health through the use of heat, daily lid cleansing, and supplementation is a good starting point. The duration of heat treatment matters. Beaded microwavable masks are generally effective for mild MGD, but patients with moderate to advanced MGD need daily treatment with masks that provide longer duration of moist heat. 
Supplementation with a triglyceride form of an omega-3 fatty acid can also effectively thin meibomian gland secretions. Cleansing the lid aids in reducing the biofilm. Hydrochlorous acid cleansers such as Avanova antimicrobial eyelid and lash cleanser, Xenoptique hypochlorous acid spray, and Sterilid antimicrobial eyelid cleanser are preferable to detergent-based cleansers for daily use. If the aforementioned treatments fail to increase the number of meibomian glands secreting clear meibum, consider thermal pulsation, gland expression, and even intense pulse light therapy. Blackie et al. found an increase in the number of functional meibomian glands and an increase of up to four hours in comfortable contact lens wear time after a single in-office treatment with Lipaflow thermal pulsation system. Number four, treating inflammation. Vital dye staining is an essential part of a contact lens evaluation. The application of fluorescein and lysamine green dyes aid in the detection of, of surface inflammation. For affected patients, consider initiating therapy with ophthalmic anti-inflammatory medications to decrease inflammation and help, help to restore homeostasis of the ocular surface. Any compromise of the cornea in a contact lens wearing patient increases their risk of decreased visual acuity and quality of vision and increases their risk of infection. Actively looking for tear film changes facilitates early detection and treatment that can keep patients comfortable and in their contact lenses. It's fascinating how such a small device can disrupt the ocular environment. As Dr. Odell points out, once dry eye disease is identified, Resultant lens discomfort and contact lens-induced dry eye can be treated to improve patients' comfort and tear quality and hopefully keep patients from dropping out of lens wear. This leaves us at our last article of the episode. Ever wonder if extended wear contact lenses will be around 10 or 20 years from now? Chandra Mickles, Associate Professor and Director of the Dry Eye Care Center at Nova Southeastern University College of Optometry in Davie, Florida, considers both answers to the question, will extended wear contact lenses always have a place? Have a listen. Support for this podcast comes from Bryn Mawr Communications. BMC produces a number of informative podcast series spanning a variety of topics in optometry. Discover a new show at itube.net slash podcasts. In the late 1980s, extended wear contact lenses experienced a surge in popularity. 30 years ago, fully one-third of soft contact lens wearers wore extended wear lenses. Today, however, if 100 eye care professionals were asked what number of their soft contact lens fits are extended wear, the answer would pale in comparison to that of only a few decades ago. To be Pacific, only 3% of soft contact lens fits in the United States today are prescribed for extended wear purposes, a decline of more than 50% from what was reported in 1989. Many ECPs are hesitant to prescribe extended wear lenses due to safety concerns. Given these concerns, one may wonder if extended wear soft contact lenses could become obsolete or if they have what it takes to stand the test of time. Well, here I considered both scenarios. And at first, I want to discuss 
if extended lenses would be phased out. And one of the reasons they may be phased out is complications. Overnight soft contact lens wear is well-established factor for microbial keratitis and other contact lens-associated corneal infiltrative events. In fact, there is as much as an eight-fold increased risk of developing MK with extended wear contact lenses compared with daily wear contact lenses. The introduction of highly oxygen permeable silicone hydrogel materials did not diminish the incidence of keratitis and extended wear remains a risk factor for severe soft contact lens complications across many lens materials and the frequency of overnight wear. Until new materials are developed that can change the paradigm of extended wear risk, the fear of sight-threatening complications may prevent this modality from thriving. Another reason I believe that the extended wear uh, modality may become obsolete is discomfort. A key to patient satisfaction with contact lenses has always, always been comfort. A compromised lens surface can lead to compromised comfort. And the longer a contact lens is worn, the greater the opportunity for reduced lens wettability, dehydration, and deposits of certain tear-derived components that can interrupt comfortable lens wear. Even with the best materials, deposit buildup and dehydration remain factors inherent with lenses worn on an extended wear basis. And then finally, you know, one of the reasons that, you know, the extended wear lenses may be phased out is the negative practitioner perception. Practitioners today overwhelmingly fit daily wear lenses. The association of extended wear with soft contact lens complications and suboptimal lens performance appears to have dampened enthusiasm for fitting this modality. So eye care practitioners no longer warmly embrace this modality. ECPs play a significant role in patients' purchasing decisions and consequently influence the contact lens market. Therefore, Unless there is a renewed interest in extended wear lenses among practitioners, soft contact lens manufacturers will likely con to continue to respond by not developing new extended wear lens brands. Nonetheless, new and improved extended wear contact lenses may bring back ECP's interest in this modality. Ultimately, it is practitioners' perception of extended wear that will determine this modality's fate in the contact lens market. Now, some may believe that extended wear lenses will stand the test the time. And here I'm gonna go through some reasons why. And, and one is patient need. Unfortunately, despite extensive patient education against the practice, many patients sleep with their lenses in. In a large national survey, nearly 50% of respondents reported wearing daily wear lenses while sleeping. 
If this is to be the case, an FDA-approved extended wear lens may be a better alternative for patients who frequently sleep in their lenses. The need for extended wear lenses is primarily driven by the therapeutic use of these types of lenses for aphakia and as bandage contact lenses. Bandage contact lenses are crucial for protecting the cornea in the event of large corneal abrasions, bullous keratopathy, and post-surgical corneal healing. Further, with the recent approval of the world's first vision-correcting drug-releasing contact lens in Japan, the use of contact lenses beyond vision correction is no longer an impossibility. Contact lenses that can monitor glucose levels in the tears of patients with diabetes and diurnal variations of IOP and patients with glaucoma are in the development pipeline. If these come to market, extended wear would be an ideal modality to allow around-the-clock health monitoring and disease management. Here's the last thing I think is the reason that extended wear lenses will not be phased out is patient interest. An essential aspect of patient satisfaction with contact lenses is convenience. In one survey, respondents overwhelmingly indicated their desire for permanent vision correction, with 97% expressing the desire to be able to wear contact lenses continuously for at least six nights per week. In another survey, 85% of patients indicated that convenience was an essential feature when choosing contact lenses as a vision correction option. Primary reasons for patient satisfaction with continuous wear system include convenience, basically eliminating the need for care and maintenance of lens handling, and being able to see in the morning. Today, lens handling is still a concern for patients and is cited as one of the key reasons for lens discontinuation, especially among new lens wearers. Although to the best of my knowledge, no recent research investigation has examined patient enthusiasm for extended wear, patient interest in contact lenses that offer continuous vision and convenience likely has not changed significantly since the time of those surveys just mentioned. I know that is for my patients. They love that convenience and continuous vision if they can have it. So although most of the convenience benefits of extended wear can be achieved with daily disposable lenses, they cannot provide continuous clear vision and almost complete elimination of lens handling chores. In a randomized crossover trial in 2000, patients were equally successful with both daily disposable and extended wear lenses, but a significant number expressed preference for extended wear due to convenience. Public awareness of the risk of sleeping in contact lenses may have changed this preference in the ensuing 20 years. However, a considerable number of patients still sleep in their lenses. I, I definitely know that. And overnight daily disposable wear, unfortunately, can still result in severe corneal infection with an incidence as high as that of other modalities. I mean, for some patients, the benefits of convenience with a non-surgical permanent 
vision correction option may outweigh the risk. I believe that many patients today would prefer extended wear if they were safer than they are. Future innovation, if supported by safe clinical experience, could possibly make that desire a reality. So 30 years from now, will extended wear lenses be regulated to the annals of history? Although extended wear will likely never again become a mainstream wearing modality, as with the landline phone, this is a cord that the contact lens industry might not want to cut. I believe that patient interest and a need for overnight wear, even if modest, will keep extended wear around for years to come. Your thoughts on the future of extended wear contact lenses? Are your patients more interested in daily disposable lenses? Share your thoughts with us at modernod at bmctoday.com. If you're a visual person like me, you can check out these articles online at modernod.com. And if you don't have a subscription but would like one, email me at kroman at bmctoday.com. We'll be back next month with three more exceptional articles as well as an interview with one of your colleagues. That's all for now. Until next time, take care.